Welcome to the Teens Talk podcast created by the Student Virtual Board of You Celebrate Diversity. You Celebrate Diversity supports students and teachers organizing locally, educating themselves and their peers, and taking action for inclusion and social justice. For more information, visit ycdiversity.org. Welcome back to season two, which is all about community building. Today, I'm joined with Jimena Cristerna to discuss mental health in the community. Before I get into everything, I want to remind you guys that I'm a virtual intern for You Celebrate Diversity. My name is Lemise McGowie, um, and I'm based in Colorado, and I'm going to allow my co-facilitator to take the, the stage. Hi, um, I'm so excited to talk. Um, so my name is Jimena. I am also based in Colorado, and I don't think I should, I mean, we're going to get into this, right? But um, a little bit about me. I'm 20 years old. I'm Latina, first gen, um, daughter of immigrants, but also an independent woman as it is. Um, so I'm definitely learning how to branch out from essentially having my identity be attached to all of these things like family or school or academics. And so um, I'll still cover those. I went to school for a semester and a half at Metro University or Metro State University of Denver. Um, and then I decided to take a break. And so as of now, I'm just literally exploring everything and anything. Um, I did a little bit of interpreting as well as swim instruction. I'm now a CNA. Um, and so I'm definitely able to understand how mental health and just existing mean what it means in all these different areas. So I'm just excited we get to talk. Okay, no, but that being said, we again are talking about community building in all its aspects. Um, but community building is the backbone of culture. The right community provides you with much needed love and support. Um, everyone needs a community and it can look different all over the world. The important thing is building a community with the right intention as well as understanding the possible obstacles that you could face. Um, honestly, like we touched in the last episode, community is a beautiful beautiful, beautiful thing, but it can also be really, really complicated and come with a lot of its own pros and cons, whatever you want to call it. Um, and with that can come a lot of toxicity um, and it can be really hard on the members of the communities. Um, I remember I talked a little bit about my Sudanese community um, and I love my community with all my heart, but with all communities, not just to hone in on that specific one. A lot of the ones I'm part of, there's really the amazing part of being some, a part of something bigger than yourself and, you know, feeling like you have family, like, you know, real, real friends that are going to help you through this journey of life, if you want to call it. <laughs> but the reality of the situation is you also have a lot of people that are really more concerned with keeping tradition and um, they're not really about the growth aspect as more of you trying, wanting to conform. They want you to conform, right? And it becomes a thing of like, Unfortunately, in my experience, and maybe this isn't talked about enough, maybe it is, I don't know, but I have found many people that haven't really been able, and it's hard, it's not an easy thing to do at all, it's easier said than done, but they haven't been able to really take control of their lives, so they kind of just accept whatever life they're, maybe parents or, um, you know, auntie, aunties, uncles, friends, whatever, have kind of set for them as what is, you know, socially acceptable within the community, and then because they don't, they don't have the ability to take control of their life, they get almost a little mad, maybe even jealous at the people in the community that might feel a little more inclined to do that for any particular reason. Um, and then they honestly try to set them up to fail. Like 
they they try to like you know force them out of the of, uh, they don't want individuality they don't want anyone to like it to, in their eyes it's how come you get to be um you know yourself and I don't you know and it's honestly it really is a very challenging like emotion to have because you know I I can see where it's coming from of course it's not your right to to change to really take control of anyone's life but um that's just something a common theme I've seen growing up and it's honestly it's caused a lot of different kinds of trust issues with people I don't always know if you really have my back like it's been really hard and so I really wanted to focus on mental health for this episode because I really don't think enough people it's really stigmatized within a lot of communities especially BIPOC communities um but it's so stigmatized that we're too scared to admit when we need help or if we have issues because we're supposed to be seemingly perfect and conform so I just wanted to we, we by the way like as I've said before in the last episode we talk a little bit prior just to get an idea of what we want to talk about but it's still going to be super organic but I wanted to see like you touched a lot on this in our in our call so um, thank you for sharing everything that you shared because you healed a part of me that I never, or not never, I'm not going to use that word. Uh, intentionality with your words is very important. Um, I was hopeless when it came to this. I didn't think that my life story can be essentially summarized in the two minutes that you just, or like in the minute that you just talked. Um, and I love that because you encapsulated every single part of me when I was in elementary school, when I was in middle school, high school, post-grad, like all of that, or I guess technically in academic terms, that's like post-high post school. I just, it's a whole thing. Um, but uh, you just touched on so many identities of me, essentially. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about it because um, we talked about it before in that last episode, but hopefully I can speak of my journey and kind of in, like you said, like in that, explain what do you do? What can you do? Is there something you should do, right? All of these words should, can, need, want, they're very important. And so um, to kind of explain my life story, um, I'm I'm the oldest of three. So I'm it's me, my younger sister. Um, she has Down syndrome and autism. And then I have my younger brother who's in high school. So they're both still in high school. And so I, growing up in a Latino community and being Latina, right, um, that meant that as the oldest, I was essentially a third parent. Whether or not my parents knew and whether or not I knew in the moment, that is kind of how community, when you first grow into it, works. You're just always there for your blood family members. That is what you know as community. Whether or not that is going to stay the case as you grow older depends on, like you said, whether they accept you or not, whether they are truthful and faithful and honestly, like full of flaws, because that's how we are too. And that's the difficulty is that when you start your journey of healing, of growth, of of empowerment, you then, like you said, get talked down upon, like, who do you think you are? You think you're better? No, I don't. I just have been able to look at different perspectives, which have allowed me to say what I say now, but you don't know in the moment, and I didn't know in the moment that that was my power. My experience is my power. Like, you can't, you cannot take that away from me. You know, you cannot say, no, Humana, you're wrong. You did not go through that. What? No, that's literally... People don't like using the word, but that's gaslighting. That is gaslighting. And it is so common, so common in our communities to the point where that's why other communities have made it 
like funny and cute and our communities are still suffering because it's just always our communities are used to essentially push societal trends and you know like the the sleek hoop and clean lip I was so mad I was so mad because that was my entire I never did it growing up because I didn't feel Latina enough yet everyone else got to do it wow right like if only I just knew that I could be who I wanted to be as a kid um but when I was a kid I had that I that notion right I'm gonna make money I'm gonna be rich and powerful my parents because as a child of immigrants you see power dynamics so quickly and so like often in your life like if it's not because of the language barrier, it's because of the citizenship and what that implies for job, like for employment, for loans, for bank accounts, like all of these. Like I should have not known what an I-10 number was as a seven-year-old. There are tw- there are 40-year-olds who are like, what is an I-10 number? And I'm like, girl, I've been knowing since I was seven, right? So, so what I'm trying to say is that experience helps you. And so when I was in elementary school, I had the notion that I needed to save my family. My family didn't need saving. I learned that now. But when you're a kid and you see your parents struggle to register you for school, when you see your parents struggle at the bank, when you see your parent, right, like it's this struggle that you constantly see, you then internalize all of that. And you're only five, you're only six or seven, right? You're still supposed to be developing. And so I was in fourth grade, having our student teacher from Regis University. Oh my gosh, I remember. I was at Palmer Elementary. I remember, right? I was sitting there and I asked the student teacher and I was like, hey, what are the best colleges in the world? Like in the, like in the U.S.? Because all I heard growing up was college success. That's all I knew. I didn't know that the CEO of all of these companies, they all dropped out of college, I didn't, no one tells you that until after. So I'm there sitting as a fourth, like a fourth grader saying, I'm going to go to Harvard. I'm going to be a biomedical scientist. I'm going to change the world. That last part is true, but everything else wasn't me because my mom wanted me to be the doctor, right? Because that's what you're told when you get to this country and education, lawyer, doctor, anything in the medical field, like though that is safe. That is safe. And so that's where the whole notion of safety comes in too, right? That's where our parents didn't feel safe. That's why they left. And that's why, you know, it's always this running away. And so with this being the case, I then had that internalized as a middle schooler and I did everything. Oh my gosh. I don't know what seventh grader is thinking about college, but I was right because I was so desperate to just just get out of that what felt like hell, you know? And so um, I don't know if you've read the book, but The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, such, oh my gosh, he, bless his soul, he's amazing. Um, essentially what it talks about, it it goes through what the rules of life are, per se. Um, the four agreements are, you don't take anything personal, you don't make any assumptions, you always try your best, and you are impeccable with your word. And so with these agreements, you then are able to kind of write, I, this is me in college, 
not, not in middle school, but in middle school, I was just doing everything, which then translated to me doing everything in high school. Little did I know that high school existed because no one explained to me that there were elementary, middle, high school, and then college, right? So again, I'm battling these systems where everyone knows what college is, but I just know about Harvard. Doesn't that taint? It doesn't that mean that when you're a student, a, a learner, right? A learner trying to continue on learning, all you have is Harvard. And you know what? That is a 2% acceptance rate. You want to know what my therapist told me? Let me let me just make this clear for everyone. I graduated with everything you needed for Harvard. I'm going to make that clear. Did I apply? No, because I didn't want, I shouldn't, I didn't want to in the end. She told me something that stays true to this day. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because I can get into Harvard doesn't mean I should go to Harvard. Because I know what the community looks like there. And they didn't reflect me. So imagine this. You're For me, I'm this little brown child, little Latina, right? And even then, I'm not Latina enough for my Mexican community. I'm not white enough it's just it was always why like this you were never enough and so you're growing up with this notion of okay I'm not enough for either one of my communities I have nothing cool I'm trying to be what my parents want me to be but there's so much backlash because I'm experiencing a life that they never got to and so that feeling of anger, jealousy, and like that's where it's just them not having healed their inner child when they when they could have. But at the same time, when I was in middle school, right, going through all of this of I need to do, I need to do, I need to be, that was when my depression really started taking a hit. You know, I uh, was in seventh grade, 12 years old, when I had my first suicidal thought. It was me planning how I was going to do it. And um, that's why my sister means so much to me, um, because she was the only person that popped up in the moment telling me to stay. And so with that being the case, I was given a therapist. But before I was given a therapist, I had the social worker tell me that I needed therapy. Okay, therapy's not cheap, one. Cool, we're a low-income immigrant family. Cool, I can afford that. I can barely afford my uniform. That's what, I'm like, are you kidding me? And then she goes on to say, if you don't, you're gonna kill yourself by the end of the year. So, so I was very religious. Catholic at the time. I was going to church every I was an altar server. I would mm, I was in there. Like I wasn't just doing it, I was doing it. And so when you then have your parents who write Catholic as well hear this, they go, Why are you denouncing God? All I'm gonna say about that. And then it went on to this, you know, the stereotypical, you're crazy, loony tick house, whatever, the, the crazy cuckoo house, that's the men, right? Like they, I really hope that people who are watching and listening to this know that we are going to be talking about the stereotypes because that is what people need to get through first, right? And so just having gone through that as my initial entrance to what mental health was, I mean, I was 
I was not sleeping. I was not present. I was not myself. Most importantly, I was not myself. And so when the community strays away from talking about these things, taboo things, right? Um, I think what I most importantly want them to know is that there's some salvation in, in them that is possible as well, not just in those around you. And that's what I think a lot of people forget, that I too can be a part of this movement. I too can acknowledge my feelings. I too can put myself first, right? Because that's where... That's where community isn't. That's why community isn't where it needs to be right now. Because we we are born into a family, a destroyed family. You know, like it, we are just so separated. You can't, it, it's so difficult me to tell me otherwise. I mean, with divorce rates, with our prison to, our school to prison pipeline, with our, right, our mental health advocacy and how much it's lacking, our healthcare system you you can't tell me that families are doing the people are doing well post covid i mean with all of this being the case it just reinforces i mean why i think we're so passionate about this is mental health like it is not a choice it really isn't you are put onto this planet and maybe but depending on your spirituality you chose this family for karmic right Okay, no, you got into the, you, you came into this planet, had no choice, truly, but to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually. And capitalism has taken away from that. You have to put work first, your career second, family third, and then you can put yourself last. I did that. That was what I covered in therapy last time was how all of my hurt is because I put myself last. All of these cries for help from other people, it's because I'm the one crying for help. And so I just am grateful that I'm here because I got to learn, I got to suffer, and I got to experiment what mental health means to me because I think people are scared of doing that. They're scared to see their, their true selves. They're scared to look at themselves in the mirror. And so just for 10 seconds, say, I love you. I, I tried it. I cried. Oh my gosh. I cried. <laughs> 10 seconds. Oh my gosh. It was, who would ever thought that, right? That it would be difficult. But I mean, the human perseveres, do we not? No, I, if you ever see me like laughing or like aggressively nodding my head, it's just like me coping because I literally, literally relate. Like it no. is just such, I really don't understand how it's crazy to me that like so many first generation Americans that are all like families from different parts of the world have such a similar experience. Like, and it's really crazy. Beautiful. Because, 
it's I know I I remember literally just last night just last night I was on the phone with my friends and like I remember we were just like this is we have this conversation at least once a day I swear to god like and so we're just like we're all first gen we're all African right um and we were just like sometimes we were just on FaceTime for so long we just kind of like stare into um, into the ceiling and we're just like dang like what is our life right and the thing is is like I don't think people really realize just how much it affects your life being first generation American like that alone like forget I have many other like you know um identities to me and minority groups I'm a part of that also affect me in really real ways but just to focus on this one like I swear it is so confusing to make any decision because I mm-hmm. it's, it's like you I swear I feel like I have my like Sudani Lamise on one side and then like my American Lamise and they're just like fighting like I just remember like growing up my parents got so mad at me if I ever said I was American like they're like you're what what do you mean you're American like they were like you're Sudanese is what you are and I'm like because I have dual citizenship but I'm like I know but like yes queen right right there parents struggle so we can get it both that's what I'm saying yeah I know but like it was just such a thing where it was really became like my parents are so prideful so 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 prideful and I understand that a lot of it is also them coping of being in a country that does not really value them um and constantly seeing people disrespect them um it's growing up that part you said about having when you see your parent you see your parents struggle it changes the next path you're going to take it changes everything it changes the entire world like I remember growing up because I'm also not um, rich at all, very poor. Um, and so I remember also growing up broke. Like, no, I, no, we rich and experienced, girl. Remember right, that. Right. We are always rich. Yeah. Do not let the manifestation manifestation gods go again. <laughs> we are rich. But we yes, are full of abundance. It yes. just takes your time to express itself in different ways. Yes. No. I. T- <laughs> And my thing is, I never even said I was poor. Like, I, because I really, it wasn't out of like, one thing about me is I also, from a young age, was not embarrassed to say if I wasn't or wasn't rich. It was something where I was like, I just truly have seen what poverty looks like in other, like in Sudan, for example, poverty looks very different. Like, Sudan, it's very, I don't know, like, because of the situation, because of how like politically was all over the place, um, I've seen what that looks like, and I just felt way too privileged to really say that. But I also was like, I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever heard this, but I feel like only like broke people would understand. Like, <laughs> there was like a difference between being poor and being broke. You know what I mean? Like, being poor is like you're like yeah. impoverished, right? But like being broke, you're making ends meet, and that's where I was. So like, growing up, I remember seeing my parents, you know, and I never, it never really hit me in a way. I never, I don't know. I guess. I never understood kids that got mad at their parents for not having enough because I just like, I just kind of understood it as this is just what it is. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, honestly, it could have been way worse. I'm going to, if I'm being real with you, like they, they came here, they wanted a better life for us, a better education, you know, with political unrest in their home country just wasn't going to work out. So um, I, I took that as an opportunity to want to do better but the thing is is as much as I love my parents so I also want to preface something by saying all the complaints I ever have with them also comes with a big understanding of how nuanced their lives are like they have been through way too much trauma for me to to condense any decisions they make to just being like it's it's just too much right so I have a a real I have a real real respect for them however they did the guilt tripping is crazy like with immigrant parents like I swear it was just like we came to this country for you we did this for you and I'm always just like I didn't ask like but then I feel so bad for saying that so then I'm like no you did though like don't feel bad because I took it worse look 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 I see you 100% and I applaud you for being that understanding because I pride myself in being understanding but I wasn't truly as a kid um 
So a lot of people talk about conditional, unconditional love. I truly believe my parents love me unconditionally, but it's the support that's conditional, okay? Uh, <laughs> the support is conditional. <laughs> I like you. Ooh, you changed it's, it's Oh it's just true God. because it's like they I really don't believe that your parents just obviously I'm not saying all this God, there are many parents that are not meant to be parents but my parents I can say with I know for sure love me and won't ever just stop loving me for any reason but they will have to at times put their foot down and stop supporting me for things because they know that I need their support for certain things and I had to grow out of that because I had to learn to support myself when they wouldn't and it was them holding me back from it and as much as I love and respect them they aren't me and I, I have my own life it's not my life is not meant to fulfill their every want. Right there, like I, I had to come to the realization that a lot of the bickering that I had with my parents was because I was expecting them to be white American parents because that's what I needed. They wanted me to be successful in this life. And so I said, I need that, right? So, so that's why I just applaud you for being so understanding because I mean, Again, like we all make mistakes and we all, you know, are people that are growing, but that was definitely mine growing up was because I couldn't be myself, right? I wasn't enough. I then went to the next best thing, which was white American. Like, that's why you see me with my like frizzy curly hair. It's because I straightened my hair all throughout middle school because I wanted to look like them because I didn't know how to handle my beauty. I'm learning to now, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I understand that because you, you come into this country, right? And the expectation, the priority is education as a child, it's education. If not parents go to jail. Cool. That's not that, like, people don't get that. Like, um, like I, I don't feel like if I'm like Americans get that, like when Amer like an immigrant comes to this country, it's because they are in that, like they're trapped. They appreciate that trap because it's at least different from the one in their country, right? And so, I mean, I can speak to like my parents as well. Like my parents weren't both, like they weren't both poor in Mexico, right? Like my dad went to college for a year. And so even then, like, again, you are navigating all of these identities. And how do you do that? I mean, I think I mentioned last time, my first meeting in our Latino association at my school, I had a kid come up to me and he went, what are you doing here? I'm here for that, you know, the meeting, you know, woo, pride. He's like, speak Spanish for me then. You're not Mexican. I mean, you just have straight A's. You're in all honors. Look at your, like your English is so good. And I had net, right? Like from, from my own community. So that's why when you talk about mental health and where you, when you talk about navigating your relationship with your family as an immigrant or as a first gen or as a person of color in this country, right? That's why you got to put yourself first. It is not selfish. And whoever's told you that being selfish is it's wrong. They're the ones that have the golden yacht, right? They're the ones that pity everyone else for having to work so much then. Right? Like when you talk about when you talked about the the whole family, like essentially going against you for wanting better. I mean, I experienced that now with my mom. I am in a very fortunate opportunity where the government pays me to take care of my sister because that is her that is her need and she has that opportunity as a US citizen. But when I 
for example, hey, mom, just not going to be able, like, able to make it. I'm sick. Or, hey, like, I'm just, you know, there's this, this anger of, well, you have to follow through on your job. And then I took it personal and was like, we always do. I'm talking about, you know, but I had to realize, like, there is this sort of anger of she doesn't have that liberty to just be like, mm, not taking care of anyone, you know? And so after I was able to recognize that, you then... I mean, I felt more empowered to keep choosing me because look, I've made a lot of people mad. Oh, I've made a lot of, oh, I have stories of teachers who have literally felt offended by a high schooler. Like I've had students who were my bestie one day and next day, mm, you my, what do you mean? What do you mean we besties? We you're my competition and I was like girl are we even are we applying to the same colleges do we even are we even in the same income bracket like why are we talking your parents pay for a private tutor right like I was the private tutor I that was my job growing like in high school I was a private like that was one of the ways for me to make money was to be a tutor to essentially give off my fruits and have it be labor. So like, mm, you gotta put yourself first. You have to, no, I, I totally agree. Like, I honestly, I think that's the, honestly, that's not the cage you're in when you're first gen is just, you really don't know who to choose. Cause you feel like the if you choose yourself that to you, even though that's not the case, it to you, you interpret that as not choosing your family, you know, not really choosing you, but you're not choosing your family. And it's, it's one of those things for me where like, like, I swear, like, I I remember my friends and I were all talking, and we we're just all kind of frustrated one day, and we we're just like, like, our parents, like, again, we love our parents, but we're also all girls, and being all girls in a first-gen African family, a Muslim family at that is just, it's so hard, and so it's just, like, for me, I am the youngest, but I am the only girl, so they're really protective, they really, like, you know, and it got to the point where I just, I got so frustrated, like, I felt like I could never really fully relate to all the teenagers at school because I was like, I can't do it half the things you can do. I can't like, or like, I have to figure out a way to like, you know, express myself without disappointing my parents or like doing all these things. It was just, it got so suffocating. And I, I remember I actually was told by a counselor and my brothers were also encouraging me to like seek therapy or just see something. Cause I was just, I went to a really competitive middle school and it was, you know, really advanced and stuff. And I, I, I appreciated the, the academic side of it. I did. However, it really, the, the competition was so unnecessary and it got to the point where I seriously felt like you know I was competing with everyone but myself like you know and I, I'd rather compete with myself I you know different like goals I have for myself like that's what I want to be just myself no one else you know but it's like I felt so suffocated I remember my mom like I wasn't like also trying to seek any kind of you know labeled to what was happening I just needed help right and mm -hmm. so I remember when my counselor was like you should talk to your mom about it and I tried to bring up like my you know I should my counselor might think I might have like depression and anxiety mom the first thing I remember she said and I, I again I understand where she's coming from but it did hurt was that you're not sick like you're not sick what are you talking about and the thing is is like when I I was like okay and then I kept trying to ignore it it just kept getting worse until I got so burnt out in high school so burnt out like to the point my parents had never seen before and that's when they tried to at least kind of work with me kind of right and so it was just got it got to the point it 
just a little bit a little bit like it was it was one of those things where it was like okay fine like we'll help you do this just don't tell anybody like don't tell anybody you have this so I seriously to this day have such a hard time telling people I have depression anxiety if you're not super close to me just because I know it is super normalized I, like and I guess common now but I really for my in my world it was not you know what I mean like in my community you don't talk about that it's very stigmatized like very very stigmatized so I just remember my mom was like all you need is God you just gotta pray and it'll go away and I was just like I just it's not working you know what I mean like you mean, just, well, there is there's yeah. a there is there's truth to that because mm -hmm. that's what meditation is and that's what getting to know oneself is but they don't right like that's when you're struggling, when you're in that deep state where, I mean, for me, this is like, this is what it was. My room, you couldn't see my floor. Oh God, no, you could not see my floor. You have the before picture of when I start cleaning and never an after because I always take a nap because I got too tired and then I never finished. Um, the clothes, you wear the same outfits because they're the only ones you're willing to clean. This is me, right? You're willing to clean. So then you're just always, right? And not only that, but then... I mean, what what more can a mother say when, I don't know what your parents' experience was like, right? But for mine, my mom is one of nine and my dad is one of 13. And so, so, um, so, so. That's when, exactly my parents. That's <laughs> so crazy. I'm sorry. You get but, but like my dad, I remember telling me that the oldest aunt, my, like my, like the oldest aunt of mine was his mom. Like he was like, that's, that's who raised me. That's when you ask about a mother figure, that's who I know as a mother figure. And so when I'm trying to ask about why my parents have a bad, why I don't have a relationship with my like grandparents, why my, right. It's like, because they don't know, they don't, they don't know. And like, I, they're doing, I don't, I just, there's so much, right? Like they're doing their best, but it's like when you're a child and those are the emotions that you're going through, you know, like what? I, I, I did it a very long time, took a very long time, but I remember I did, I, I, it took me a minute, but I remember could be trying to like find myself being like no it's fine like I you know my mom's right all I need is God like it's fine like you know whatever right and it's I'm not saying you don't need I, that's really your personal like you know opinion whatever you believe that's really up to for me personally it just really was not doing the trick so like I yeah. just needed I needed like professional help and I didn't realize it, be, it for so long but until I remember one time I was struggling so much in school that I literally was like okay maybe I should get ADHD tested because all my brothers have it and I don't right but maybe I might have it so then I I got tested and the re honestly the results like really changed my perspective for a really long time because they had told me you don't have ADHD you're actually doing really well um in the things we tested you in you're just suppressing your emotions so much that you're mimicking the, the what ADHD oh is my God. Are. yes 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 yeah yes, so yes, they were yes. like you can't yeah they were like you can't yeah. focus you can't like I kept telling my, my memories off I can't I'm never really there like I'm just struggling so much even keeping a conversation with someone and they were like that's because you literally will not like you refuse to process your emotions so much to the point that you're like swapping out memories with the the things that your intrusive thoughts you know what I mean of just like the trauma you've been through and it's just insane that's why I honestly I I'm, I'm a psych major right now I don't know I'm I'm thinking with it. I don't know yet but regardless the reason I really even got into it was just because in our communities like we 
the, I really don't know many families that don't have at least one mentally ill person. And I, I know what I mean by that. I mean that in the most like, like classiest, respectful way, because I'm also mentally ill, but I mean, like, I don't know anyone who's not, who doesn't show clear signs of depression, anxiety, um, ADHD for one, because I have my brother, he has really aggressive ADHD and it's really gotten in the way of a lot of experiences in life for him and him being a black man on top of that just ruins it because he was sometimes getting in trouble for maybe just talking too much or maybe getting in little arguments here and there he was never ever a violent person ever in my entirety of knowing him he's never laid a hand on anyone however because he was just super loud and like energetic um they took that as him being menacing and I it's honestly so hard to have this kind of conversation with my brother because I don't want to have to tell him this. I really don't. But this is the reality of our situation. I told him, Hamid, like, you don't have the luxury of reacting the same way a white boy could. Okay, you just don't. Like, if you get mad, rightfully so, because honestly, a lot of people are really prejudiced to me and my siblings, right? Um, if you get mad, even if it's right, like you're allowed to get mad, you have to keep your cool. Like your name is Muhammad, you're black. Like you, you fit the description of any suspect. You know what I mean? Suspect. Like, it's just, you don't get that luxury. And I, I hate having to tell him that, but it's something he honestly is like, you're right. You're right. And it's something I get so stressed about because it's just the reason we need to talk about mental health more is because the stigma gets in the way of finding the help you might need. Like, when you don't find the help you need, you could start to turn just into our, listen, generational trauma is real, okay? Like generational trauma is so real. People don't understand what cult colonialism and colonization does to um, the people of that country and generations afterwards. The things that happened in Sudan decades and years ago um, affected the people so much that everyone has a hustle culture kind of mindset because that's the only way they can survive because they don't have any generational wealth. Everything has been stripped from them, right? So now the way they're thinking is I need my I need to teach my children to survive the, the same way I do so that their children can survive and their children can survive. And this is, and honestly, the way you survive is mostly being palatable to white people is honestly through white supremacy. It's just so exhausting to the point that my parents, and that's why I can't hate them for how they react to me and my mental health I don't because I really do understand that to them it was something that could maybe even make the community turn on me and to them community is everything community is their life support like that's blood you know what I mean like they don't know how to operate here without their friends and the people that understand their life because nobody else will understand the trauma the way these people do you know so yeah it's it's it's, it's really real it's tough <laughs> yeah I think trying to then since we're back to our beginning of like community building and mental health. Um, so essentially, I guess what we can say, maybe you can agree. Um, I'm not a social worker, so do not take this as like, a, you know, like a, like legal diagnosis or whatever. But essentially, if you're not relaxing more than you are being, you need to work on your mental health. That is the best way to put it. It's not like we can talk about it existing in our communities, like, yes, of course, um, but this is a greater movement. Like, this is now involving everyone. Like, this is now taking down white supremacy, capitalism, like, all of the isms, all of the systems. Like, when you put your mental health first, none of these things can exist. None of them. Because in your world, you are truly divine, pure, and authentic, and, uh, like, none of those things Co like they don't align with that and so um I love that you touched on hustle culture because that's where I'm on the opposite end I mean okay uh, 
my actions say one thing, my mindset and my wanting is another, um, because I technically have three jobs. <laughs> but, 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 but I prioritize myself like my, my eight hours of sleep. Oh my goodness. Like the past few days I've gotten six and compared to high school, Jimena, who would get an hour a day. I I'm grateful and I'm lucky. Um, but when I get my eight hours of sleep, when I get 10 hours of sleep, no one can take away my happiness that day. No one. Doesn't matter how much traffic, how many middle fingers are up at, nothing. Like I'm just as happy as can be. When I drink my water, oh God. When I eat my, like the bare minimum, like people think that like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. No, it isn't. How many people, let me, let me make this clear. I'm only 20, but I've worked 10, eight, eight jobs. Okay. Let me make something clear. Let me make something clear. The only reason people have breaks is because of the whole migrant movement, farmers, because they were unions, right? Unions is what allowed us to get a 30 minute break, an hour break, a 15. So God bless for the people. Okay, so, so businesses though, don't make money off of breaks, do they? They don't make money off of you taking your time. They don't make money off of you prioritizing you. And so I remember one of my last jobs, I never got a break until my last day that I quit because I told them so. I went, I'm gonna leave or I'm gonna take my break. And they were like, well, well, well you can't just, and I'm like, well, decide. Because legally I should have been getting my breaks for the last five months, but I haven't. And not only that, you then don't get paid enough. So then you have to constantly cover shifts. And so on top, you then have to rearrange your life because you're like, hey, I can't make ends meet. Oh my God, you're only 20. You're only 18. You're only 16. Why are you, why are you worried about this? You know, it's, so then you then move on to this idea of, advocating for yourself right that's I think that's where the next step of like mental health is like everyone deserves an advocate and I learned that through my sister okay my sister is nonverbal. she can communicate in different ways or forms that I know right family knows but there's like as I'm getting trained to be her CNA to take care of her all this training, all these legal, like the legal legalities of this is what a person with, you know, intellectual disability, like these are their rights. The, you, you are an advocate for them. You are for them. And so getting that experience growing up that taught me, I, I can be my advocate too, right? When we were talking about seeing our parents struggle, the reason why I wanted to be a lawyer was because I remember my dad having to essentially get accused of you know permanent damage in an apartment when it like it was it was a fault of the apartment comp it was a whole thing right because they don't listen to us they don't they don't care right unless we care about ourselves and so as beautiful as it is that your mom wanted to keep that community right that you guys had that speaks to how fake our communities are now like nowadays I'm sorry, but they're not authentic. I, before, after we had talked, but before we talked this time around, I came up with a phrase that hopefully you can agree with or add on to, but community building is standing in your power 
while standing with your people. That is what community building is, okay? Why did my communities that I was seeking in high school fail? Because I, want, I wasn't my authentic self. Because I was in that community because as a Latina, I should, right? Because I smart and they tell me that if you're smart and you're Latina, you should be there, right? But why do I have to listen? Why, right? Who says I have to? Our parents do, right? That's where a lot of the conflict and guilt comes from. Well, you're not doing it this way, but you're not doing, but at the end of the day, the beauty is they can't control you. They can't make every decision, even if they tried. And at the end of the day, truly, truly, you only have yourself. For me, like when I was sitting here having to essentially decolonize my mind, I then remembered what I always loved, people, connection, conversating. You know, part of the book that I was reading, this is what they tell you to say when you wake up every morning and I have, and oh my goodness, does it change the way. You say that you are awake, that you see the sun, that you're going to give your gratitude to the sun, to everyone and to yourself because you're given yet another day to be you. Instead, people are worried that they're having to go do another shift today. What do I have to do today? I have to clean the house. I have to take care of family. No, you, can, you literally, I am an example. I don't know if you can agree. I'm an example of you can literally do everything right and still fail. And not because failure is something to be sad about. I'm proud of failing because if I didn't fail, I would not be on this journey of, I know who Jimena is. I do not want to be 50 saying, who's Jimena? No, tomorrow I want to know who Jimena is. Today I want to know who Jimena is, right? Yesterday, I want to be able to analyze who was Jimena, what worked and what didn't, and what can I bring into today? Because as much as people forget, literally all I have is this moment. Like I have nothing else. It doesn't matter what I have in my bank account. It doesn't matter what I have in my house. If I have a, like, it's just, this is what I have. Capitalism and colonial, it, 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 tell, it told you needed more. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. Why do you think people, honestly, when they start doing their mental health work, can't meditate? because they don't know how to breathe because they've been <laughs> all their life. I love that you added that last part, honestly, because that's so, I had such a hard time learning to meditate because I could not stop stressing about the next move. Like, I swear it's, it's just, you're, but no, you're right about the whole, like, how fake our communities have become because honestly, no one is showing up as, as themselves. No, everyone is trying, like, I, I personally live a double life. I'm being real with you. Like, I have my my real life with the real people I actually care about. And then I have my life with the people I have to be palatable for so they can leave me alone and not brand my family as a bad family. That is genuinely what it is. Like, and I hate that I have to say that. It doesn't automatically mean I'm doing bad things. It's simply that I can show up as myself, my authentic self. And so it's just that I really feel like 
And this whole idea of good and bad is really up to the community at times, which I think is so frustrating because you don't even have any room to actually have your own opinions. It's, it's Capitalism also has really, like, honestly broken community part, in my personal opinion. Like, it's it's gotten to the point where it's every man for themselves. I remember I started to think of jobs that would really honestly growing up I was the same way I was like I'm gonna go to Harvard Medical School I'm gonna go da 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 I'm gonna be a doctor because my parents want that because the community would respect that and because I make a lot of money and then I was like what am I did I just like what am I saying right now you know what I mean like what what am I saying right now and you know so all that money like that's that part like yes those things like, like we want what we can't handle truly honestly because it's it's what I thought I needed even though now here's here's what here's what it is I definitely want to look comfortable I want to have insurance health insurance right things like that you know things that would like not stress me out for generations but for me it's more like I just don't want to make the driving you know source money like money honestly has ruin my life like I just feel like I feel like everything I can't I can't have I can't have days off or you know access to everything it's because of money you know what I mean like that's how we think and that's what I think people need to understand about certain communities is that um that hustle culture doesn't come from nowhere you know what I mean like it, it, it's coming from necessity and I, I me personally my mental health has taken such a, a blow from trying to be perfect for everyone when it's literally impossible even trying to find I remember my friends and I were also talking about this last night we were all really upset because we all had somebody in our lives at the time that there was a disconnect with simply because they weren't first gen and we hated that we hated that the disconnect was simply because they could never understand like why we're struggling but truly when you don't live the life you don't really understand the struggles that come with it because it means you are constantly second guessing yourself you really lose trust within yourself you um feel guilty all the time for any decision you make um everything you do if it's just you existing is a decision you know what i mean like it's it's something that that's bigger than it needs to be and it's just gotten to the point where i i have to like I I used to think I had to choose one or the other my community or not but I also don't want to lose my culture like I'm still tied to my culture I'm fortunate enough to have been able to visit my home country a couple times um I'm fortunate enough to understand the language fluently speak it like like a, a good C average maybe but like but like I'm fortunate enough to be tied to my culture in real real ways and I don't want to lose it and I don't think I have to I think you can be two things at once I think you can take care of yourself and your mental health and choose yourself and whatever makes you you while still being part of um, a community to help each other but that's the thing is if you're all fake and acting like you know this is not a, this is not that or this is not that like you're literally upholding all the wrong values and ideals that are literally making everyone else want to stray away from the community. And it it breaks my soul. I think I was going to I think this is my I know I said no assumptions, but I'm going to make a guess. Um, the reason why you essentially get like get along so well with people like you is because they are on a similar healing journey as you are as a first gen in America you grow up a lot quicker than most people. I was seven, like I was seven filling out legal documents for my mom. Like when people try, when, you know, like when people tried messing with me about that stuff, I'm like, hold up. Like my resume legally does not allow me to put that I was an interpreter at seven, but like I was, excuse me. And what did that do for me? It made me as an adult then want to seek a label. I, I wasn't enough. I didn't, like I wasn't allowed to speak Spanish at school like I I tried getting into a class because my parents didn't teach me I taught myself and they said you're Mexican no so like when you when you go about 
I think that's what the beauty about life is. Everyone gets to choose what identity means to them. For some, it means abandoning your entire culture, okay, and creating a new one. Cool. For others, it means keeping things and taking away things, you know. Um, but the biggest thing that I believe that what you're you're just setting boundaries. You're just putting to practice what you're learning, which is, hey, I'm not going to make you happy. And a lot of the times it's because they can't make themselves happy. It's not because you're not doing the right thing. I'm sure if they were more healed, they would accept you more. But that's not the point, right? We only have this moment. So I'm proud that you also see that duality. This is how I see identity. Okay. Intersectionalism is a word. That means that everything comes together, right? There's always an overlapping. I love Venn diagrams for this reason in the word mutually exclusive, because this means like just because one is one thing, it does not mean that it cannot be the other, right? Venn diagrams allow you to have that middle line where you can have that separate identity, but then have it where it comes together, you know? And so in this day and age too, how many immigrants, how many generations of immigrants do we have in this country? The the initial the initial immigrants are now leading the country, right? So like obviously, like there's just this long history of doing what we're doing. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna fall asleep. And if you don't, you're going to try to find a reason to or find a way to go to sleep. And your sleep is literally the only thing that gets you to the next day. And so, so long you're able to sleep well at night, by all means, right? Because you are having to kind of perform, but you know the next step. You know what, what your future holds. You know who you are, you know? And so... I, I love that you touched on that because people just always think they have to be one thing. This is why, honestly, I, I really do believe that everything that like I was born into, like, you know, honestly, my community became toxic over time. I, I, I like to say just because there are new milestones being hit that became the new standard and things started to change. But in the beginning, when everyone was just on ground zero, right? Like we, I remember, the, I just remember the cookouts. Like we would just have fun. Everyone was just chilling with each other. It was not that deep. It was really never that deep. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just missed those days because nothing was too serious yet. It was really just, do you want to play with me? What would, what, what's on your plate? Like, it's just simple as that. And we used to do so many things together. And we, I felt like I had the biggest family in the entire world. Like I had, a, I, I remember growing up, our parents told us like, like you always call whoever in your, in your, that's in your community, your cousin, no matter what. So every American growing up was so confused of why I had so many cousins and they're like I thought you said your cousins didn't live here I was like well no not my actual ones like my cousins and they're like and I just started to learn how mm -hmm. a lot of the time western culture like it's really not close and familial like that they're really by themselves get out at 18 mm -hmm. they get, I mean, why do you think they got a college fund get get out 
I do want to say one thing is for anyone watching and if you're part of a community or want to be part of a different kind of community, um, you can do that. Like I know to you, maybe, and I said this last time, I know I, I'm going to always remind people, but like community does not have to be some big like park filled of people. It really can be as big as three people. Like it doesn't have to be, it's just who you, it could be just it, your dogs. Who It could be your dog. It doesn't, I, I know, I, I, I honestly, for me, I have to say the people I go to every single time I turn to the absolute most behind my family is my small small group of friends like they they're just they're the ones that have real um genuine uh love for me in a way that's not like they're not I'm not secretly competing with them like we all really just are so happy for each other we push each other to do better even if if one of us starts to like um not in like a parental do better no 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 like we also understand you know life is hard but like if one of us starts to give up on our they keep because they know your worth they see you when you don't see yourself exactly but no I, I that's all I was gonna say is just find the people that make you feel like you can be yourself in a in, in a safe way but also encourage you to do it not not just accept your t- I don't like tolerance I don't like teaching tolerance I really don't like it's really more about respecting each other and actually appreciating each other's um existence that's simple as that but I want to give you a chance to um you know leave with any words you you know um have or any advice for anybody while I'm listening I mean I love, I'm going to piggyback that last note because I think, okay, you can only respect other people if you respect yourself first. And so that's why it's so important to put yourself first. What do you live by? What do you believe in? What are you able to tolerate? And what aren't you able to tolerate? For how long? To what extremes? Because like you said, that is when you attract your, the fewer the many people that are going to truly have your back when you know who you are not always it's hard it's not it's hard in this society but when you see that spark and those people see it and want to be lit up by it not in a selfish only me not in a oh you're you're light I don't want you to be no in a way where everyone can shine because the more the better right We don't want darkness here anymore. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider donating to support this work by youth activists across the country. Visit ycdiversity.org to make a donation or to get involved. For more information and updates, check out YCD's Instagram and TikTok at YCDiversity, along with our website.